Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. When it's over, I want to say, all my life I was a bride married to amazement, Mary Oliver. Today's piece is called Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder. Today, I feel anxious, my neck and back yelling loudly for relief from pain, my body seriously in a world of hurt, and when I take time to think about what might help me step out of this, the first thing I think about is art, specifically Girl with a Pearl Earring by Vermeer of Delft. Vermeer has a way with light that reaches out and saturates you with its beauty. His colors are never too strong, just enough to let you know you can trust his muted objects because their very softness informs the painting. When I remember this painting, I feel as if I've just walked into the room where this girl with the pearl earring is standing, face turned toward me, warm and curious. Her lips are slightly parted as if she might be on the verge of expressing a longing of some kind. Her attire, gold and blue in color, suggests wealth, as does her earring. I have to assume her clothing is correct for the period in which it was painted, but honestly, that's not the sort of thing that makes me love a painting. It's the feeling this girl's face elicits in me that has a lasting effect. Her innocence has a gravitational pull that has me remember a softness in myself at a younger age or in a moment when I am myself suffused with calm curiosity. Her eyes look directly into mine, asking me to come into her world. There's no hint of activity there, nothing around her that suggests a pressure to be anywhere at that moment other than where she is. Looking at her face, composed and open, I'm reminded I have these traits as well and that I often forget to access them when it might help me. She feels at one with where she is in that moment, a good reminder to me of what I want for myself. I also enjoy looking at paintings by El Greco for vastly different reasons. One need only look at his face to see how he views the world. It is long and lean, as are many of his figures, and they are a stark reminder of the cruel beauty of life, filled with pent-up emotion just waiting to burst out of the canvas. Often they're religious portrayals, and the atmosphere is one of barely contained passion. One description of his work says, His tortuously elongated figures are painted in phantasmagorical pigmentation. Whoa! The colors are rich, but the subject matter, often involving pain or sorrow, mutes their appeal. El Greco, he doesn't tidy up loose ends. He's not interested in softening the blows of life that we all can encounter. He painted in a time with few amenities, and his portrayals of hardship 
crash into our own carefully constructed pictures of life. There's something monumental about the amount of introspection his paintings invoke in me, and I cannot look at them and not feel a kind of religious passion myself, but of my own choosing. I like having the fire of this religiousness ignited and walk away feeling awakened and aware, having had another part of myself spoken to, a part that is so often pensive at best. Another longtime favorite is Salvador Dali, whose paintings are so bizarre they can take some getting used to. I first found his work in college at a time when I was learning the world was so much bigger than I had imagined. Taking art history opened my imagination to seeing how allowing one's creativity to guide one's life could produce spectacular results. You can feel the strict adherence to Dolly's unique representations in his work. Regardless of the fact there is no genre to accommodate this at the time that he painted. And yet, he didn't care. His was a world of his own creation, his own face, offering a not-so-subtle glimpse of what was at work inside him. His paintings offer no touch of the soft or muted anywhere. No place to lose oneself in the landscape, cluttered as it is with representations of objects in positions never encountered in life. I can't say exactly what it is that calls me to Dolly's work, except that he's such an original and so are his paintings. His eccentricity offers a landline to my own. Realism is nowhere to be found and perhaps that's one of the blessings he bestows. Quirkiness, absurdity, and playfulness run the gamut across his canvas, ever inviting me to forget what I think is real and embrace something seemingly so out of the realm of possibility. It's a bit like entering into an Alice in Wonderland world when I'm standing in front of a dolly painting, without the scariness I felt when I read that book. I feel light and childlike, simple and uncomplicated when I look at his animals and watches. Time and reality pass me by and leave me untouched because of his ability to just take me away. My own sense of the absurd, which I can try to obscure for fear of ridicule, is tickled and touched. These three artists are just the ones that came to mind this morning, and taking a few minutes to meditate on all they give me from such differing perspectives has indeed calmed me down. I'm not a painter. I have no idea how to take an idea and reproduce it on canvas in a way that allows another to see what I see. I'm in awe of a painter's ability to draw me in, soothe me, fire me up, and set me down in another reality. Music has the ability to do this as well, but there's something about being able to take my time, really look into the eyes of a painting, Wonder what the artist wants me to see. Notice what I do see that changes me, if only for a brief moment. That moment is enough to draw me back again and again. Knowing the feelings I'll have when I gaze upon these works of art and sometimes getting the surprise of seeing something I hadn't noticed before. I may not know exactly how to describe these qualities to their best advantage, but I appreciate them when I see them and when they speak to me in tongues I didn't know I knew. 
Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on nowthatyouaskpodcast.com. Bye-bye for now.